Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello, you're about to listen to a podcast that talks about the softness sessions in the end. And I wanted to update you that the next round starts on March 19th, 2020. And our live uh, breathwork will be on April 30th, 2020. And all of the information can still be found at thesoft.space. So please head on over there. And if you're listening after March 19th, 2020, you can still head to thesoft.space and see what's up as I will update everything as soon as humanly possible. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 200 of That's What She Said. If I sound stoked and this is the first time you're listening, it's because I've been gone and I missed you. I missed you, I missed you, I missed you. And um, I didn't allow myself to come back until I was like, I need to blow their minds. There will be nothing short of mind-blowing happening, uh, I hope. Um, I didn't want to come back and be like, this is an update. I went to the beach and I like summer. I didn't. I didn't want to waste it. 200 felt too important. So this is episode 200. I'm here and it's called Softness is My Secret. Yeah, it's a really lame title. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just, it wouldn't, I can't do any better than that, but I promise it'll be worth it. Uh, Before we get started, there's only one update, and that is that coaching spots are now for sale at kristinkelp.com slash tap. Um, They went on sale two hours ago, and there are nine left. So I don't know how long it will take for those to sell. Perhaps that will be like a monumental just speed round, and they'll all be gone today, at which point when you get there, nothing will happen. Uh, But more likely, it it takes a little while for people to make a decision. So there's probably one left. Head to kristinkelp.com slash tap if you would like to work with me and your business. And uh, there's also a link there for talking to me. So if you're like, I'm scared, that's okay. Uh, we can talk on the phone and I am very happy to tell you if we would work together well or not. Um, because I don't want to make you work with me individually and privately for a year and have it suck for me, let alone for you. So I'm not going to sell you shit. (laughs) Okay. Um, I turn a lot of people away mostly because I'm like, you don't need me. You just need to read this book and then do what it says, or you don't need me. It sounds like you don't want to do this at all. Or, um, there's a lot of like, I'm not actually what you need, but when I am what you need, I'm so happy to be that for you. 
And if you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? KK on Tap is one full year of working with me. You talk to me every quarter and there's a group call every quarter as well. You have access to my archives. You have access to me via email and text. Uh, you have access to any live stuff that I do that's valued at under $1,000. So you can come to the workshops and whatnot. And you also get access to any new books, programs, thingamajigs, or hickey-madoos that I make in the next year. Yeah, it's pretty rad. <laughs> uh, so go check it out. Download the brochure, kristenkelp.com slash tap. And now uh, let's talk about softness. So my favorite thing about Brene Brown, and I'm assuming that you know Brene Brown, storyteller and researcher, one of the most viewed TED Talks of all time. She talks about shame um, and vulnerability in most of her work. Uh, extremely groundbreaking researcher and human. So Brene Brown, or I call Saint Brene, favorite thing about her, she learns things the really hard way and she gets really pissed off about it. Like when her research provides a finding, she is the first person to be like, hell no, 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 nah. <laughs> she doesn't like what she finds most of the time, but what she finds makes her a better human. So she implements it into her life and then life gets better. Right, So it's not like she's stoked about it, but she's still willing to do it in order to have a better life. For me, softness is like that. When I first figured out that softness could be helpful in my life, not a weakness, uh, not a liability, but an effective way of being, I was pissed. The very moment that I was pissed, I was pinning wedding dresses and elopement ideas to Pinterest. So this is five years ago. I was so mad that my default feminine bits that I thought I had buried way in there <laughs> were all about like frilly dresses and vista views and fantasizing on the internet about a, a big, expensive, wild event. I have since given up that board and I have again returned to wanting to be where I am, not married, choosing every day to be with Bear. But the strange resentment of like, oh my God, I'm a girl. Oh my God, I am, I am like a traditional female that sucks. Um, that took a while to fade. Um, I was tied to my like get shit done bits, my earning bits, my leading bits, my action taking bits. And I wrongly thought that if I became soft, that if I allowed myself to be feminine, to embrace the wisdom of having emotions instead of stuffing them down, that they would disappear, that those things, the earning, the leading, the action taking would just go away if I treated myself with understanding. I have supported people through divorces and addiction and unemployment, and I couldn't, I thought I couldn't do those things if I was just myself, if I was tender and wild and so, so soft underneath my big, fancy, sharp, spiky exterior. Um, I was really invested in my sharp, spiky exterior, which was fooling no one, but I thought it was really, really good. <laughs> so it's taken five years of consistent working on this and reckoning with it to see that I can take action, earn, and lead more effectively than ever without being mean to myself, judging other people, or getting caught in society's be even more productive before you rest trap. Like, and we are so obsessed with productivity that I was watching Good Morning America this morning and it said that uh, uh, American productivity rose 2.3% in July alone. So 
if we carry that out, that means we're getting 24% more productive every year. And like, what do we do four years from now? We have to be doubling what we've what we're doing right now based on that math. That's insane. That's insane. And we can stop doing it. Softness is not a weakness. It is our only hope for actually enjoying existence. I know what you're afraid of here because I was afraid of it too. When you were soft and tender inside, there are a bunch of things that roll around in there. Um, but if you're an achiever or an overachiever, um, you think that if you embrace softness, you will never get anything done ever again. You will sink into a cushy, floundering life without calendars or deadlines, ignoring your responsibilities while you drift away on a unicorn pool floaty with a cooler of fancy beverages. Like some part of you goes like old grandfatherly kids these days and just gets really upset at the concept of like softness. So I promise that won't happen. I do not have a unicorn pool floaty. I do not even have a cooler full of fancy beverages. Um, and I want to be really specific about why those fears are unfounded. And I think there are five lessons. And this took five years of like cooking in there and doing things for me to be like, oh, 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 I see a pattern. Oh, this has something to teach me. So please don't ever think that I'm like, oh my God, I have this so nailed. This took me like 32 seconds. Why don't you have this already? Um, softness took a while for me. So five lessons. I will probably not say that it's a lesson number one. To, I don't number things. I'm sorry. It happens. Okay. So the so thing I've noticed when I'm doing my coaching calls, um, the first thing that we do is review the list of to-dos that we cooked up during our previous call. So you were going to do X, Y, Z in this very specific, very specific list of 10 to 15 things. Um, and it's a shit show when the work isn't done. Not because I am upset in any way, but because my clients think I will be so upset that I will punish them in some way. So we spend a lot of time helping them believe that's not the case and they are not in any sort of trouble. I am not going to put a note on their permanent record or take away gold stars or stop answering their emails. And they can hardly believe it. Like, why am I being so goddamn kind? And they get weird and weepy and I get it. But here's why. Hold on, I'm going to cough. <coughs> I just got so fired up that I had to cough, apparently. Still holding. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm still coughing. <coughs> okay. Punitive action in the face of a setback does no one any favors. Instead, I ask questions like, why didn't the work get done? Okay. And actual answers that I have heard include, you're not even going to believe this. My father died. I had a miscarriage. I have a mysterious medical condition. I've been spending all my time at the doctor's office. I got engaged and got a puppy in the same month. Oh, I've been on crutches for the last three weeks. My business partner is on maternity leave and I've been picking up the slack. I think I have cancer. I'm working three jobs and I need to quit one. These are actual clients that I have actually worked with in this actual year saying these things. Does any part of you want to punish these people for life happening to them? Do we honestly expect people to lose a parent one day and get back to work like it's no big deal the next? Of course not. Of course you extend the love and warmth of a pat on the back and say, hey, life happens to these humans, and then you adjust plans accordingly. 
to act as if death, disease, hurt, celebration, or the addition of a puppy to your life should happen without any interruption to your email checking, business generating calendar is foolish at best and harmful at worst. Softness extends the same loving, understanding energy that we are very capable of giving to others to ourselves. It means you aren't beating yourself up, punishing yourself, or otherwise flogging your every move all day, every day. You were at the doctor's office for eight hours last week, but somehow you should have made up that workday? Bullshit, you need rest. You were all alone with the kids while your partner traveled, but you should make up for that time by working from the moment they go to bed until 1 a.m.? Hell no, you need downtime even more when you're alone with kids. Judging yourself, flogging yourself, beating yourself up doesn't lead to anywhere interesting, beneficial, or productive. And softness means giving it up. Give it up. Beating yourself up for mental illness or ailments or life choices or current setbacks sucks all the enjoyment out of you. Asshole brain is going to feed you the standard lines, which are you're useless, you're awful, you're fat, you're lazy, you're stupid, you're hideous, you're delusional, you're repellent, you're degenerate, you're no good, you're unworthy of being on the planet. Some variation of those occurs in every single human via asshole brain. But your believing those lines does no one on the planet any good. Most of all, you. You cannot bully your way out of mental illness. Believe me, I have tried and it does not work. Likewise, guilting yourself about whatever you're feeling will not make it go away. I promise it won't. Asshole brain is trying to create a kind of pile on effect. Like if I can take you down in this state, you'll stay down even longer than usual. But you don't have to believe asshole brain ever. So softness in this case looks like refusing to speak unkindly to yourself in even the most frustrating of circumstances. You are capable of stepping into your own interiors and treating yourself as you would a beloved three-year-old child. You haven't gotten off the couch in six days? Okay, let's take a shower. You've been surviving on delivery food and Amazon Prime shipments? Why don't we take a walk? You haven't spoken to another human in three days? Let's phone a friend. Not, you asshole, let's call Stacy. Or, you stink fuckface, get in the shower. There's no judgment. There's no angry name calling, no expletives or insults, no unkind adjectives that sound like they're being made by a rabid football coach. <laughs> Only a deepening understanding of your own humanity. You are not perfect, and asshole brain gets really upset about that. It may never shut up, but you do not have to listen to it. Non judgment is the real life yes and answer to life. So you can look at what is and then. And I will then do this. See, those improv classes paid off. It's not about insulting. It's not about like, what sort of stupid plot twist is this? It's, yes, and I will deal with this. Further, and particularly in harrowing circumstances, it's probably time to lower the bar. If you've got cancer or think you've got cancer, now is not the time to renovate the kitchen, landscape the backyard, start a fitness routine, and triple your business. Right? Like, let's prioritize. Likewise, the addition or subtraction of an individual to or from your family means a lowering of the bar. 
So can you travel for 24 out of 30 days when you're beset with grief, all while writing a novel, keeping up with clients, and returning emails within three minutes of their arrival in your inbox? I hope not. Lowering the bar is a realistic, loving way to allow softness into your life. Maybe those plans you have go on hold. Maybe you take them off hold and make that dream trip happen now instead of someday. Maybe you stop paying attention to that white dude on Instagram who's going to teach you how to be a millionaire in 14 minutes a day. Lowering the bar means you plan for what you're actually capable of doing on any given day and in any given year, which is highly variable based on life circumstances. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. Lowering the bar means you plan for what you're actually capable of doing on any given day and in any given year, which is highly variable based on other life circumstances. Dominant societal systems do not allow for any variation whatsoever. Productivity needs to go up by 2.7% every month, right? A friend who works in corporate America is expected to be just as productive on a Friday afternoon in the middle of summer as on a Tuesday afternoon in February. That's not realistic. We all know everyone is fucking off. Their eye on the clock, ticking down the minutes until they can speed to their cars and head for the pool, the beach, the cold beer, the uh, the grill, the backyard, right? No one gives a shit on Friday afternoons in summer. And you, when you act like all days should get the same amount of work done, it's not realistic. Your business has cycles. Your clients have cycles. Your life has cycles. Plan accordingly. Unless you think this is some sort of flippant advice or me preaching all day, like blah, 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 blah. No. My bar used to be much, 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 much higher. It used to be working for eight hours a day, even if there was nothing pressing to be done. Working at a CrossFit twice a week while planning my next volunteering trip abroad, all while keeping a book in production, like writing it, editing it, or marketing it at any given time and taking on new coaching clients, as well as writing two killer blog posts a week, keeping the house meticulously clean, and traveling the world for speaking gigs. That's eight things that were like non-negotiable. This is the bare minimum. That was my bare minimum. So over the past five years, I started to be really all the way down honest with myself and with that sort of level of this is what I have to do at a minimum. Actually, I don't enjoy CrossFit. It brings out the worst in my spirit over the long term. So short term, yes, long term, did weird things to my psyche. My volunteering abroad is actually not nearly as effective as my sending money to support those already working on the ground. And bonus, it lowers my carbon footprint by about a bajillion percent to stay in the United States. I don't always have a book in me. I don't. There are times, like there are fallow times and there are flourishing times and acting like, no, I just have to be writing a book at all times. is not true for me. Sometimes the house gets dusty. No one dies. It's just dust. <laughs> and speaking takes far more out of me than it gives back most of the time. The bar drops when we're honest with ourselves about our priorities. And as Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. So let's do better. Dropping the bar means you will actually be able to achieve what you decide to do, but you can only achieve a few things at once. I love you so much, but you cannot 
run a marathon while being pregnant, while attending recovery meetings, while starting a new business, while working a full-time job, while raising orphan squirrels that you found in your backyard while keeping the toilet meticulously clean. You can't. You just, I mean, I love you and you'll try, but you can't. That bar is way too fucking high. Like orphan squirrels alone are a full-time job with the bottle feeding, right? For the past year, my focus was on switching to a year-long model for working with clients, as well as restoring my mental health and writing my next book. One personal goal, two business goals. The bar is low enough for me to reach it, then to create a new one. So I'm just at that point where I've reached it, and I will create a new one. I don't know what it is yet. But the last thing I want is for you to spend slash waste years of your life trying to clear a hurdle that A, doesn't matter to you, or B, will never be reached. I mean, that's what the world wants, sure, for, to sell you a solution that will help you hack the system so that you have got six-pack abs, a magnificent lover or lovers, a few million dollars, and enlightenment. So like, body, sex, finances, spirituality, only it never works that way. Keeping yourself on a treadmill six stories below the bar you're trying to reach will only lead you to frustration and despair. You will give up eventually. And there's no need for that. When you lower the bar, you're actually doing yourself and everyone else a favor because you're really clear about, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and if I'm really energetic, I've got room for this. That's it. And then you actually reach those things. Likewise, softness does not care where you rank with regards to everyone else. It's actually a form of violence against your soul to compare yourself with other people. So I once worked with a woman who was not, when I worked with her, but is now, a member of the financial 1%. Do you remember um, the, the movement, the Wall Street, not the Wall Street, fuck, that fucking movement, damn it. Um, that was like, we are the 99%, right? And it Occupy Wall Street, the we are the 99%. Okay, she's in the 1% now. She's got an eight-figure business, do the math. That's <laughs> so many millions of dollars. Uh, she knows Oprah personally, and I should be jealous, right? Like, I should feel like a failure, and I should compare myself to her, and I should freak out about how much I have just fucking failed. The thing is, nope, I'm slowly slowly, slowly, like a snail that's had some sedatives, (laughs) learning to compare me with myself. Do I have clear priorities? Am I making progress? Am I enjoying the life I've got right now while working to shape the contours of my future? Again, do I have clear priorities? Am I making progress? Am I enjoying the life I've got right now while working to shape the contours of my future? Because remember, it doesn't count if you don't enjoy it. That's awesome. That's all I need. Those three questions. Priorities, progress, enjoyment. Bang. Done. Who cares what anybody else is doing? In practical terms, getting out of the comparison game requires really good boundaries. I don't follow or listen to or hear from that person or any of the people associated with that person so that I am not tempted to go down the rabbit hole of comparison because that will steal my joy and my soul and my life force really, really quickly. I have unfollowed, ignored, and unsubscribed from 
everyone and anyone who trips my I want what they have triggers. Instead, I take notes on my progress, and I think past me all the time for what present me is now enjoying. It's like if you know it's going to be really hot outside and you're leaving the house for 45 minutes, so you turn the air conditioning on so that when you walk into the room, it's going to be like, oh, it's 100 degrees outside, but it's magnificent in here. That is past you being awesome to present you. Or past you, like, okay, so am I a millionaire? No. But have I been working on my credit score? Yes. (laughs) Do I have the savings I will need to retire at my current age? No. But have I been making regular contributions to my retirement account? Yes. Softness celebrates progress. Instead of beating you up about all the things that you haven't yet done or that you're failing to do, it says, where have you made progress in your business? Where have you made progress in your financial habits? Do you have less debt than you did 20 years ago? Cool. In your eating, sleeping, phone using, or boundary patterns. Where have you changed a habit that you thought would be there forever, even if that change took 14 years? You should still be proud of it. Like, I don't have credit card debt, and I once had credit card debt that was so enormous. It was like $26,000 that I had to have, like, strategy involved to make a payment plan to get out of it, to make a lump sum settlement, to start again at zero. It's taken a tremendous amount of time for me to learn credit card lessons. I don't know why. It just has but I'm making tremendous progress. Have you learned to distinguish asshole brain from your other thoughts at least some of the time? So when your brain says, you're a useless asshole, (laughs) can you be like, "Mm, I'm just gonna flag that and be like, that's asshole brain, right? It doesn't mean that you know what to do with it. It doesn't mean that it stopped happening. It just means like, you don't have to take that seriously. Are you just not listening to asshole brain some of the time? Have you unraveled a pattern that you thought would be with you forever? So take note of your progress, particularly of the internal variety, because no one else can know. You are the only person who is with you 24-7 for the rest of time. And internal progress matters. It matters if your brain is less chatty or your meditation is making you more spiritual or make you feel more connected to life. It matters that you're more confident when you speak with clients or about your work. It matters that you're being vulnerable with people around you. It matters. This is where we become soft. We accept our humanity and we take on the next challenge without beating ourselves up making ourselves wrong, or otherwise just hammering our best efforts into the ground. And becoming soft is the goal internally. You can have rock hard external muscles and be so brutal to yourself that your best ideas, most incredible theories, and most astounding work will never see the light of day. To become a safe space for others, which I assume we all want, we have to become a safe space for ourselves first. So we treat ourselves the way that we want everyone else to treat us. And then we treat other people that way too. I think we've sort of had it in reverse where we treat everyone else with such kindness and grace. And for ourselves, we reserve this horrific vitriol that's just like, do better, be faster, do more, you suck, never ever rest. And that is dangerous. We become that safe space through softness, 
through observing what is and through relentlessly refusing to dehumanize ourselves or other people. So when you call yourself like a jacknut or a turd or a butt face or whatever, you are dehumanizing yourself. And if you refuse to do that to other people, you have to refuse to do that to yourself. I cannot stand the current president of the United States, but I refuse to dehumanize him by calling him names. It's just a thing. And that's because I refuse to call myself names. I extend that to absolutely everyone. Am I infuriated? Absolutely. Do I find him grotesque and revolting? Absolutely. Is he still a human? Yeah. And it's dangerous to dehumanize people, most of all ourselves. To recap, one, no one is coming to take away your gold stars. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Number two, you do not have to believe asshole brain. Ever. Number three, lowering the bar is a realistic and loving way to allow softness into your life. Maybe if you started a business last year, you don't have to have a six or seven figure business this year. Just maybe. Softness celebrates all progress, which is a play on Rob Bell's continuous, continuous message of celebrate progress wherever you find it. So that's where that one came from and really sort of grew. And finally, number five, becoming soft internally so you can pass it along to others is a fucking great goal. And that softness internally, no one else will know, but it will ripple out in ways that are not necessarily obvious. Like your face will be kinder. Um, kids will laugh at you more. Puppies will want to be near you more. Uh, your partner will enjoy you more. Um, your kids will be more willing to be vulnerable with you. Your friends will be more willing to be more vulnerable with you. Because as much as we pretend to be like a rational science-based operation here in the United States, we are feelers and your, your personal sort of space and your energy does touch other people and they do respond to it. So often when you are putting out spikes, you get spikes back. And when you are putting out the gentlest tendrils, you get a gentle response back. Not always, but often. To be clear, softness is not a lack of spine or a refusal to confront wrongdoing. It's a willingness to do those things without putting up enormous shields without using harmful rhetoric, and without flinging around dehumanizing concepts to get people on your side. It's not a lack of leadership, but a willingness to lead without harsh punishments or hierarchical power structures. So softness does not require me to be in charge of you in order for us to work together. Softness says, I don't have to be better than you or more powerful than you for us to make rad things happen in the world. Its willingness to bend, to dance, to ebb and flow makes it a potent solution for many of the world's ills. But I think it gets a bad rap because it seems like this mealy-mouthed softness instead of this like this, this strong, steady, I see what you're doing and I'm not playing that game. I just absolutely refuse to play that game. In other words, softness commands your best and wisest self to be present at all time. You don't just get to put up spikes and then hide behind your barriers. You have to be with yourself at all times and being soft commands so much strength. 
And if you're like, but how the fuck do you become soft, Kristen? Like, this is not helpful at all. <laughs> or you're sold on it, but you're like, okay, you're, you're clearly five years in. Here's the deal. I've been working on a new thing. It is part extremely personal podcast, part breathwork, and it's also a book. So it's a mixture of, um, of audio podcast of breathwork, which we'll do um, part together and part just you by yourself while I sort of hold a space. And there's a book with it too. So it's the softness sessions and the softness sessions will help you step into the wisest spaces within you. It is by far the work that I am proudest of in the world, which is why I'm like, fucking go, fucking get it, fucking buy it, fucking let's do this thing. Okay, so there, it's extremely dense teachings followed by breath work, um, and it will help reconnect you with your own interiors, in particular your intuition. So the sessions will help you defeat asshole brain, lower your own bar, i.e. be kind to yourself, make sense of your internal chaos, and feel the feelings you've been boxing up and hiding away for months or years or decades now. So... It's because I think that you need slash deserve slash want a life in which you are expanding instead of shrinking, a life in which you are observing instead of judging, a life in which you are dancing instead of trying to be invisible and hoping everything gets better. Like I've done that and it, it, it blows. It blows to shrink. It blows to judge. It blows to be invisible and hope everything gets better. And this is the opposite. This is expansion. This is observing. This is... Um, entering into the divine dance of what is. So the softness sessions are the perfect jumping off point for a kinder to you internal life. And if you are kind to you internally all the time, then we're good, we're set, you don't need them. But if you just wish that you would stop being such an asshole to yourself, this is where we start. You can find all the details at thesoft.space. Again, I know it's weird, but that's what it is, thesoft.space. Or you can just head to kristenkelp.com and click on the softness sessions. We start September 19th. You'll get a session each week for six weeks. You'll get an actual book slash journal combo in the actual mail. I am so stoked. Uh, and then we will conclude with a live breathwork session for everybody on October 29th. I... I'm so pumped and I think you should be pumped too <laughs> because frankly, soft humans are gifts to the rest of the world. Have you ever found a person who like you just stand in front of them and they look at you and you feel so loved and held and respected and adored? Those people, I guarantee they're not like sharp, spiky, stabby people. They are soft. I am hell bent on becoming an ever more soft one. And I hope you will be too. Again, it is at thesoft.space. I have uh, about a hundred seats available. 12 are already taken from coaching clients. So go check it out because it is worth it. And if you're like, oh my God, I bet this is like a thousand dollars. This is $88 and you can pay with three monthly payments. Okay. So I don't, I want to hear it. I just don't. Because this, this is what the world needs at this very moment from me, and I hope you agree. So, may you lower your, lower your bar, and lower your bar, and lower your bar, and lower your bar until it's actually something reasonable. May you get a handle on your priorities so you know exactly what you want to do in the next year or two, and that's only two or three things. May you 
catch asshole brain in action and just refuse to listen to it. May you judge less and observe more. May you dance less and try to be, dance more and try to be invisible less. And may you shrink less and expand more. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I will see you next week. And I cannot wait to meet you at thesoft.space. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.